This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, this is Frida Liu and you're listening to Enterprise. Thoughtful Food is the world's next-gen innovation engine for food and agriculture and through their programs have engaged over 20,000 young innovators from more than 175 countries around the world. And over the past couple of years, they've come across some of the most innovative food products and solutions that are taking us one step closer to a regenerative Brazilian food future. In eight years, they've helped to launch 60 over startups that have collectively raised over $200 million dollars and accelerated 8,000 plus new business concepts. They work with leaders across the industry and have boots on the ground in 175 countries. And I'm here with the CEO and founder, Christine Gould, and the global leader in agri-food tech innovation. Christine was invited by the UN Deputy Secretary General to serve on the advisory committee for the UN Food Systems Summit in 2020. She's also the author of the book, The Change Maker's Guide to Feeding the Planet. Hello, Christine. And did I pronounce the last name correctly? You did. Yeah. Christine Gold. Nice to meet you. Okay. Um, this is so exciting what you've done in eight years, but let's start with, you know, the genesis, the reason you started this. Yeah, I have to say this started for two reasons, passion and frustration. One is just passion for innovation and innovation, particularly when it comes to our food systems, which really, really need a shakeup. And that leads to the second motivation, which was frustration. I was working for a big agribusiness attending meetings all around the world focused on how are we going to feed 10 billion people by 2050. Yet in these meetings, I was hearing the same conversations with the same ideas and usually led by people who wouldn't even be alive in 2050. So with that, I thought to myself, how can I bring in a new generation of young people who bring fresh out-of-the-box ideas, innovative approaches, and connect them to this challenge that we collectively face in the world? And that was the genesis of Thought for Food. And here we are eight years later. I never expected that it would have taken on the life that it has and that we would be this global phenomenon. But here we are. And it's so exciting to to be part of it. And it makes sense to get the young involved because they are the ones that's going to be living, you know, in in that time. And and what are we leaving for them right now? You've got various programs. I do want to go through the various programs, but maybe you can explain what you do and how do you put it all together? Yeah, well, I really think part of the success of Thought for Food comes from the fact that we've built a program that's very authentic to the um, attitudes and attributes of the next generations. So millennials and Gen Zs are known to be the most entrepreneurial generations to date. So we appeal to that attitude that's inherent to young people by running a global innovation competition called the Thought for Food Challenge. This is actually the largest and most diverse innovation challenge in the sector. We also know that the next generations are naturally collaborative. They view collaboration as their competitive advantage. So we actually focus on collaboration in every part that we do. The next generations are knowledge seeking and they are on a quest for lifelong learning. So we built in mentorship and connections um, and kind of, you know, really, again, appeal to their innate ways of working. And so our Thought for Food Challenge is um, coupled with a mentorship program with something we call the TFF Academy, which is an acceleration program for promising startups. We focus in our acceleration program not just on 
building viable businesses, but actually also on how to make systemic impact on the food system. And so this is also appealing to that next generation attitude of impact and purpose. We know that these are the purpose generations. So we put that at the core of what we do. And, you know, it's worked in the past eight years. We've been able to work with thousands of companies all over the world, launch um, 60 of them. And those have gone on to really, you know, raise significant capital and make a dent on issues of relevance. And a lot of them, by the way, are in Southeast Asia. So that's uh, part of the reason why we're so excited to be. Right. You, you mentioned working with companies and getting their buy-in. Was that easy, getting them to come in on working on this project? Oh, you mean like the the big companies we work with? Well, it what I can't say it was easy. I think that unfortunately, when people hear next generations, they tend to think in two ways. One is isn't that cute and kind of like tokenistic, like, oh, we can check a box by, you know, working with youth. And so I had to do a lot of convincing to them that this is not just a check the box endeavor. This is something that is actually going to drive your innovation pipeline and give you companies, you know, freedom to operate as well as, you know, insight into the future. And so a few companies who share that vision really stepped up and they've been great supporters of Thought for Food through the years. Right. Okay. So I'm going to ask this question though. You know, uh, you know, the crisis has highlighted the fragility of Southeast Asia's food supply chain and has exacerbated social issues such as youth unemployment at a time when the region is also grappling with rising temperatures and changing weather patterns for climate change. So can you paint that picture for me? How does it all connect? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think that this is a perfect storm of challenges all coming together. And luckily, in the eyes of the next generations, they have no choice but... to step up and do something about this. As you mentioned, it's their future that is at stake. And so um, the the challenges that are so pressing right now are actually opportunities in the eyes of today's young people. And so they're coming in, you know, not only with those attitudes that I mentioned, but bringing forward, you know, digital savviness and saying, how can I apply technology-based solutions to these problems? How can I collaborate and share openly with other innovators in Southeast Asia and around the world to accelerate my efforts? And through this, we're actually seeing a groundswell of exciting innovation and change. And this gives me actually hope that there's a change to come, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, now, even just, just getting it started, right, and how you managed to rally the troops and change the narrative, right? How, how did it first start? I mean, I think that will be the, I think the, 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 first, the first step would be the hardest, how did it begin? Yeah, well, like any good startup, we started with a pilot. We, we tested the market. So we put together a program, um, you know, and kind of tried it out. Our first uh, market was Europe. And again, it, it just exceeded expectations. We really saw with a simple call to action that young people across Europe right. signed up, wanted to be involved. It's almost like they were looking for this platform to connect with each other and to collaborate and actually like really make their solutions, you know, visible on the global stage. And so after that pilot year, we went global and we've been growing ever since. And what's been exciting to see is that we've also been following this kind of surge of interest from innovators around the world. And what's been interesting to see is that in this time, you know, food and agriculture has gone from being kind of the not so interesting sector for innovation and investment. You know, it was not 
really seen as a high growth sector a decade ago. But now, you know, we've seen that tide changing. And that's exactly, we've been riding that that wave of interest in the world. And we're seeing more investment than ever flowing into the sector, more people getting excited by the innovation potential. And Thought for Food is just a great platform to kind of catalyze innovation and then also accelerate it so that it can make impact all over the world. Right. And I know, uh, you know, great things happening in ASEAN, right? This part of the world, we've got about 220 million millennials and Gen Zs or Gen Zs in ASEAN uh, being able to provide solutions. Have you seen anything interesting coming out of this part of the world? And and it is a large population if you talk about ASEAN alone. Absolutely. I think that, you know, ASEAN, we've had our sights set on the Southeast Asia region for some time for all of the reasons you mentioned, you know, really burgeoning youth population. Um, Also, you see that agriculture is a sector that, you know, needs to be reinvented. It's the least digitized sector um, that we have in the world. And Southeast Asia, you're seeing so much technology and digital, you know, transformation happening. So we're trying to connect the dots between these, you know, digitally savvy young people and agriculture that needs those types of solutions. So we see so much potential in Southeast Asia through the years. So many of our top teams have come from the region, from Malaysia, from Indonesia, from Philippines, Thailand, and more. So, you know, we're really excited to have built our first uh, Thought for Food regional hub in the region to kind of help be part of the ecosystem and, um, you know, again, bring our global platform to boost what's already happening there. And uh, yeah, just help to accelerate the change and transformation that we need. Right. Let's talk about the different stakeholders, right? And how, how do you get policymakers involved uh, each, in each country? Yeah, that's a great question. Agriculture is indeed one of those sectors where you need a lot of political buy-in. It's, you know, definitely linked very heavily to uh, policy and and government um, initiatives. So, you know, we're working, as you mentioned in my intro, like I'm working at the UN level. So kind of with a lot of work that's happening with the UN Food System Summit and of course the Climate Change Convention with COP26. Um, But then at the national level, through our global network of ambassadors and regional coordinators. We are uh, building partnerships with policy leaders, again, to help bring, you know, in this innovation engine that we've built so that they can be more successful with their policy agendas. And we also work, um, you know, again, at the systemic lens, as we are a nonprofit and not an accelerator, uh, like a typical accelerator, we are able to get involved in policy discussions and also help create that impact that's more broad than just getting starting a startup and getting investment towards that startup. We actually encourage our startups to work, you know, through that impact lens to help smallholder farmers, to bring in marginalized and poor communities, and to, you know, work on areas like regenerative agriculture and biodiversity and soil and water preservation and more. Right. That, that's a lot of food for thought. Anyway, uh, <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, I'm speaking to Christine Gold from Thought for Food. You're listening to Enterprise BFM 89.9. Building Fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. The 
morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Enterprise. I'm here with Christine Gold from Thought for Food, and they're the world's next-gen innovation engine for food and agriculture. And through their programs, they've engaged over 20,000 young innovators from more than 175 countries around the world. And Christine was invited by the UN Deputy Secretary General to serve on the advisory committee for the UN Food Systems Summit uh, in 2020. So, you know, we're talking about policymakers and, and what have you, right? What are the other, who are the other stakeholders that need to be involved to make this transformation? Well, I think that's such a great question. The point is, is that we've been approaching a lot of these topics in the world in siloed, you know, um, disciplinary silos. Now is the time to break out of those silos and to collaborate across sectors and across domains. So we need the policymakers involved. We need big private sector entities involved. We need startups involved. We need academic institutions involved. And we need, um, you know, nonprofits, NGOs, and what in the UN speak we call civil society, which is your average, you know, person on the street. And so together, you know, we can be fostering unconventional collaborations and not just talking, you know, a lot of people, um, they think about agriculture as this kind of like outdated sector, people of the land, older generations, and they're not excited by it. But when we think about agriculture in a new way as this like new digital sector that's linked directly to the food that we eat and to climate topics, you know, and to, like I said, water and biodiversity and all of these areas, energy, you know, you can start to develop solutions that break out of what we've seen to date. So that's really what we're trying to foster is like unconventional collaborations across all kinds of different players and across all types of different disciplines. Right. Okay. So you you, know, you have accelerated over, what, 8,000 uh, new business concepts. Are there some uh, that stood out for you, I'm sure, you know, and, and that you can highlight and talk about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many. So through the years, through our, um, you know, Thought for Food Challenge, which I mentioned is like now the largest and most diverse in the sector, we actually like cast the net wide and get all of these right. incredible innovations submitted. And through that, we're able to also see like early on, trends in the sector. So right now, of course, like there's a lot of talk around um, digitization of smallholders, and that can be in the form of marketplaces. There's also a lot of buzz around alternative proteins. And some examples that jump out to me right now from Southeast Asia, for example, is a company called Bite Back um, that started with us. Basically, they've created an insect-based alternative oil to palm oil. And um, I think this is you know an interesting play of how we can bring some new innovation into the sector while helping reduce some of the environmental impacts in this sector. We've also seen some really interesting marketplaces that help to empower smallholder rice farmers by providing uh, premium rice products and giving them market access. And this company actually was founded by Malaysians. They took part in Thought for Food. They actually went on to win the $1 million Holt Prize, you know, that was spearheaded by Bill Clinton and a few other partners um, like Holt Business School. Some other great examples, we have, uh, you know, a team in Indonesia that is working with smallholder aquaculture farmers who are off the grid, helping to provide um, hardware and software solutions that give them a chance to um, provide clean waters that increase their productivity and sustainability. And the list goes on and on. So what I really love about our program is that, you know, I mentioned it's, we have the most diverse types of solutions, but they're really built from the ground up. We encourage our innovators to look for problems that affect their localities that they're passionate about, and they build those 
those solutions with their, you know, end user in mind, be it a smallholder farmer, be it, you know, women in their villages, et cetera. And this allows for the solutions to really have true impact and not just be what we've seen to date, which are like high tech solutions built in, for example, the coast like Silicon Valley, and then kind of like going into the world with maybe not relevance into local communities. These are built from, you know, local contexts with global scalability potential. Right. So you've got a couple of other things happening as well. There is the the digital labs, right? You know, what happens at the digital lab? Yeah. So the Digital Labs is a first of its kind online collaboration partner uh, platform that's built with that next-gen innovator in mind. So we went out, we talked to all kinds of entrepreneurs in every part of the world to understand their ways of working right. and their expectations and actually built the platform, not just to be you know another digital platform that someone has to log into, but really a place where um, people could learn, think, share, and act most importantly. So the Digital Labs is really just a repository of all kinds of amazing inspirational information from food and ag and beyond. It's a place to connect with mentors. It's a place to share learnings, best practices, even failures with each other. Again, with that mindset of helping entrepreneurs accelerate their innovation efforts through global collaboration for local impact. And it's, of course, a place to act. So we run challenges on the digital labs. And it really, again, is that like catalytic, you know, spark. And, you know, recently on the digital labs, we powered the um, Rising Star Agri-Food Innovation Challenge in Southeast Asia, which was targeting university students. It's also the place that, you know, we run our Thought for Food Challenge and something that we're doing with the UN called the Game Changers Lab. So it's really, it's just this one-stop shop to connect with people, to learn from each other and to take action. Right. Did the pandemic affect, you know, move, uh, not well, movement, but progress in any way or, you know, because we're dealing with millennials anyway, so they're like, okay, we'll just kick this online. Yeah, exactly. So they're, you know, digital natives and actually well before COVID hit, we've been operating, you know, virtually for years. So this was like just another I guess, you know, opportunity for us to lean into the, our ways of working. Right. Um, and so, yes, of course, the pandemic affected people. But in our case, it had a positive impact because it heightened awareness with all kinds of stakeholders about the need that we have urgently for new solutions. It allowed us to showcase, like I said, what we at Thought for Food have been doing for many years before COVID hit, which is working online. And so we've actually, you know, been kind of like the the shining star for many like big companies to say, how do we do this? And, you know, we had, we were ready to go with our digital labs and, and our global uh, digital efforts. And then I think the third thing it did was, you know, it, a lot of students were at home and kind of, you know, looking to connect with people around the world and, and, you know, in their regions. And so we built all kinds of like virtual programs to help engage them. And then again, to help them take action. And we really believe that anyone anywhere can build a solution. And so, you know, this really showcased that. And despite the pandemic, you know, we ran a very successful Thought for Food Global Challenge, which, you know, we're in the process right now of accelerating those solutions. And those will be showcased to the world on October 2nd. We also ran this Rising Star Agri-Food Innovation Challenge. And we did a few other amazing things like a Brain Rave, which was a 48-hour global 
hackathon, rave, you know, connection, um, as well as live sessions uh, that we do on an ongoing basis. So I think, yeah, it hasn't slowed us down. It's only sped us up. Right. So and October 2nd is the TFF Summit 2021. Exactly. Right. Yes. And the Future Food Tech Festival 2021 support of UN uh, World Food Day. So that's Malaysia specific. That's absolutely right. It's Southeast Asia specific. And so basically there's going to be a whole lot of events happening in October. Right. We have the UN Food System Summit in late September in New York. That's going to be a convening of, you know, the ministers from around the world involved in the UN Food System Summit. Shortly after that is the Thought for Food Summit in collaboration with the World Food Forum. And then following that, that is, you know, this uh, new protein market that is taking place on World Food Day. Right. So it's really, again, so much action, so much activity, so many ways to get involved. Right. Thanks for spending time with us. I've been speaking to Christine Gold from Thought for Food. You've been listening to Enterprise BFF 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.